Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Do you have a water leak and can't find where it's coming from? Are you dealing with water or mold damage in your home or business? Then call Water Cleanup of Florida at 954-579-0356 for immediate assistance. With over 60 years of combined experience, Michael, Robert, and their team is prepared to handle all types of leak detection issues. 24 hours a day, 365 days a year. After the leak has been located and repaired, Water Cleanup of Florida will then clean, dry, and fully restore the damaged areas. Water Cleanup of Florida is fully licensed, insured, and certified to provide the one-stop shopping that busy homeowners and business owners require. There is no need to bring in other contractors. They will handle the entire project from start to finish. Service areas include Miami, Broward, and Palm Beach counties. Call Michael anytime on his personal cell phone at 954-579-0356. That's 954 954- Five seven nine zero three five six, or visit their website at wcufl.com. Water cleanup of Florida. If you have the schmutz, they have the guts. Chris and the guys at Greenview Construction LLC are a firm offering professional services in design and, of course, construction. And they are proud to announce that they've completed design and 3D renderings for two spec home models located in the Jupiter and Palm Beach Gardens area, sitting on over one acre lots. Now, they've got four lots available for these model homes. The first is a British West Indies model style, totaling just over 4,500 square foot, air-conditioned space, five bedrooms, five bathrooms, and they boast 16-foot ceilings in some areas. The second, more traditional style home, 3,100 square foot, air-conditioned space, four bedrooms and four baths. They boast 14-foot ceilings in some areas. Both models will have a free-flowing layouts that connect the kitchen, the family room, living room, library, I mean library, a den, an outdoor lanai, and both models will have an option to add a detached in-law suite if you really want the in-laws to move in, and a garage totaling an additional 1,000 square foot. You can visit Chris and the team online at www.greenviewconstruction.com. You can email Chris Tyson, that's C Tyson, as in Mike Tyson, C Tyson at greenviewconstruction.com, or you can call 561-727-5013. They're also on Facebook, they're on Instagram, they're on Twitter. Just look for Greenview Construction. And if that wasn't enough, they have an appointment-only showroom at 715 Commerce Way West, Suite 14 in Jupiter, Florida. Welcome to Three Yards Per Caddy, a podcast covering the Miami Dolphins and the NFL. Now, here's your hosts, Chris, Alf and Simon. And we're on, and welcome to another edition of Three Yards for Carry. I'm Alfredo Artiaga. Simon Clancy is here. Chris Coffin's floating on a boat in the Caribbean. Simon, there, yeah, there, there's a there's a hurricane out there somewhere. Now he's going to skirt it because he's on the he's in the Caribbean, and the boat is headed. I mean, the the hurricane is headed to the west coast of Florida. So you know he's safe. Is he uh, on a dinghy or something? Nah, I think that's what boat pretty, are we talking? Yeah, pretty giant uh, cruise liner. Okay, where he's on, but yeah, uh, you know, we were going to use carrier pigeons to try to get his thoughts on the game, but you know, we couldn't. 
Is he still doing his magic show? Is that what he's doing? Yeah, I, I believe so. Yeah. Uh, his magic show. Yeah, he was going to send pictures and everything, but evidently uh, those pictures probably would have not been very flattering, let's say. No. But remember when he did his magic show and he got arrested when it was um, <laughs> cut a hole in the bottom of the popcorn box and put your hand in and see what you win? That, yeah. that, you know where he did that he was on the list the i think that's a that's an only fins giveaway for 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 today i think yeah we yeah. used to go into schools and do that trick apparently but it didn't really go down very well so no that 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 didn't that went over like a lead balloon yeah i think he's uh he's not allowed within 500 meters of a of a high school is he no no absolutely not yeah understandable yeah. This show is as always brought to you by prize picks use promo code five f-i-v-e and you get a hundred dollars bonus. You deposit a hundred dollars, they give you a hundred dollars, and you don't have to roll it over a thousand times either. You roll it over once, which in essence means they're giving you a hundred dollars. Take it. Use promo code five F I V E, and also Better Edge. By the way, um, I knew somebody that wanted to get the Dolphins plus two hundred on the money line yesterday, and I turned them on to Better Edge, and they got. The Dolphins, plus 200, while everybody else had plus 175. You could do that on Better Edge. Go to Better Edge slash Five Reasons, and you get a $25 sign-up bonus. It's a, it's an exchange. You can get the line that you want on the game. Plus 200 on the Dolphins felt like very good value yesterday, and mm. they cashed in on that. We are also brought to you by Manscaped. It, it, we have a lot of sponsors, Sam. We do. <laughs> yeah. Manscaped. We're popular you, people. Yeah, use promo code 5RSN. You get 20% off your entire order. All right, Simon, let's talk about this game. I got a bunch of stuff to talk about here. Hit it. Let's let's start with a little strategy, okay? We're going to work our way backwards here. The last, I think this was Mike McDaniel's first misstep as as a head coach. And, you know, and, and not to say, you know, anything bad about Mike McDaniel. I absolutely love him. I think he's he should be here for 20 years, okay? He's young enough. He should be the next Mike Tomlin. Like at some point, I expect to hear, "Okay, Mike McDaniel is now the the longest tenured head coach in the NFL." I absolutely love him. I think this was a huge misstep. I think on your own goal line. Correct me if you think that I'm wrong here. I throw it on first down. I run it twice to kill both of their timeouts. He decided to do what coaches have been doing for 40 years, which is wrong, which is run on first and second, and then try to throw it on third down from your own goal line when you have the entire defense pinning the ears back to try to get to your quarterback in your own end zone. I throw it on first down. Then if that's not successful, you know, and if I get a first down on on first down, throwing it out of my own end zone, game's over. But I throw it on first down, and then I run it on second, run it on third, kill both of their timeouts, and then punt comfortably, thinking, you know what? We're defending the end zone with like 40 seconds. I think he made a mistake. What do you say? Yeah, I mean, the first point I'd say about McDaniel is that if the Dolphins don't win a Super Bowl with Mike McDaniel's head coach, then something's gone badly wrong, okay? And I know that's maybe hyperbolic after three games, but I think it's true. Uh, I, I think it was his only mistake in three weeks, really. Um, and it's really easy for us to sit on the sofa, you know, smoking cigars and, and quaffing brandy or whatever it is that you were doing uh, yesterday, <laughs> that we were doing yesterday. Uh, I certainly wasn't quaffing brandy, I'll tell you that much. But... um. I, I I felt like it was a bit too conservative and I hated the second down play call, the sort of the quarterback sneak. I just thought when you got that line piling up, it's hot. It's just the, that's a way to get your quarterback unnecessarily injured. Difficult to know what to call. And like I said, easy for us sitting on the sofa. I just didn't like that, that structure of plays or series of plays. I think you're right. You throw on first down. And if you do run on second and third, um, I actually thought he'd play action and just like, just try, just try and bomb it deep. I just thought he'd line up, you know, have a jumbo set, but just split hill out wide to one side and just be like, fuck it, let's just, you know, quick three play action, three-step drop, see if I can get hill over the top. If not, then run it on second and third down. But he didn't, and he just got ultra-conservative, and it almost cost us. Mm-hmm. But, you know, one mistake, we're 3-0. and Yeah, absolutely. And for all the people saying, oh, take the safety, take the safety, should have been the move. No, no. Uh, people forget they were defending a four-point lead, not a mm. three-point lead, okay? Uh, you're defending. Yeah, I, I never, I didn't agree with Trent Green on the saying they should take the safety because you know, take the safety. You're just, you know, you, you. I know he missed a kick, but you're getting one of the best field goal kickers in the league to the forty yard line, and you're, you know, sound a pretty good. I know that air is pretty thick with the humidity, but even so, you know, fifty five yards, fifty eight yards, Bass is, you know, 
I'd take Tyler Bass probably to take that seven times out of ten. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I didn't understand the I'll just take the take the um safety and still give Josh Allen a minute eighteen and one of the best field goal kickers in the league to to do it. So yeah, that wasn't that that to me didn't make any sense. Yeah, uh, I think punting out of your own end zone, defending a four point lead. Remember, you're defending the end zone. You got your defense against their offense. It's our best unit against their best unit. How good and, was Morstead, by the way, yesterday? Oh, my Unbelievable. God. That punt, okay, that that was so underrated, and nobody talked about it. Well, that the was, punt after the safety. Yeah, the punt after the safety. Unbelievable, oh, mate. Yeah, I know, and you got to give them credit. The butt punt is going to live in infamy forever, and it's going to live in infamy and glory. So it's different yeah. than, the, than the butt fumble, you know? The butt it fumble. Might take, it might take the edge off, what, three or four punts that were absolutely sensational. Yes. Like, there was some great punting yesterday, to be honest. I mean, I... I, I unfortunately sat through that, or at least scrolled through very quickly through that 49ers Broncos absolute oh disaster of a late game. There was some <laughs> yes. sensational punting in that game as well. I don't um, know if you saw me on Twitter. I was giving baseball play by play no, for I that game last that night, point, but just uh, watched it before work this morning. But by God, that was um, Morstead was outstanding. Yeah, yeah. Now that that punt, as soon as I saw it, I was like, that could have won the game right there. That mm. could have won the game. Now let's let, let's start giving flowers here on on the defensive side of the ball, man. The numbers you start digging into these numbers. I don't think that some in the media are are you know the flex that they think that they're they're putting out there on, on Twitter. I don't think it's saying what they think they want to say. Okay, let me just say that they had ninety snaps. They scored seventeen offensive points. Right. If you dig deeper, okay. Now I understand PFF, uh, you know, has has some nonsensical things, but they had seven turnover uh, worthy plays by uh, Josh Allen. Forget that. I go to the tape. Miami Dolphin defenders had both hands on four passes by Josh Allen. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now this is a fact. They hit him behind the line of scrimmage eleven times. Only got four sacks. This game could have looked a lot different. Yeah, I think if if Josh Allen wasn't playing, mate, this is the Dolphins win by two touchdowns. Plus, yeah. I thought Allen was. And I mean, I'm seeing some terrible hot takes this morning, but I thought Allen was fucking phenomenal yesterday. Yes, he was. He is so good to watch. Apart from when he's playing it, he's so good to watch. Like, he's an insane physical specimen. He's an insane passer of the ball. And people saying, "Oh, they had 90 plays and that, and they only scored 17 points," but like. Do you not understand the concept of long drives? And, and, and clearly the game plan by Dorsey, but especially Sean McDermott, was to keep Miami's speed off the field, right? Mm-hmm. Don't get the Buffalo defense worn down by having to chase these, you know, when when you read the, the Ravens ran 6,700 meters or whatever it was, <laughs> yes. you know, why would you do that in 110 degree heat? Like extend drives. You know, third down, keep keep ahead of the numbers, which they generally did. Convert third downs or fourth downs, which they, I think he finished eight of 11 on third down and uh, two for two on fourth down or two yes. for three on fourth down. But just, uh, and uh, I just don't understand it. It's like he kept drives alive with his physicality, with his ability to extend plays in the pocket under enormous pressure. I thought the Dolphins did an amazing job. And we've talked about it the first two weeks about how, we felt like they struggled to get home with four, but even when they just brought four yesterday, and I know that Mitch Morse was missing. I know that Spencer Brown went out with that heat related illness or injury and, and David Questenbury came in and we feasted a little bit on Questenbury, but you know, he's, he's evading. I mean, we could have had any other quarterback. Let's say it was Kirk Cousins or Zach Wilson or, or Joe Flacco as it'd be in two weeks time or whatever. We'd have had like eight or nine sacks. Yeah. And he, he was just like insane. Even on the final play of the game, when, you know, on the 90th play, what was his 73rd dropback? The most dropbacks in NFL history, by the way. Mm. That is the yesterday was the most dropbacks in NFL history, 73. Um, even on that final play, the 265 pounds with the Melvin Ingram couldn't bring him down. <laughs> then Jalen Phillips missed him. Then Emmanuel, he escaped from Emmanuel Ogba, who finally got him just as he released the ball to McKenzie. The guy was fucking unbelievable. And so I see people going, Oh, he choked on that fourth down throw to McKenzie. He didn't choke on anything. Elite players have been elite for a long time. It was a bad throw. It happens. Like yeah. people say, oh, there is no way that Tua was worse than Josh Allen yesterday. And it's like, Tua was excellent. It was really good. But Josh Allen was next level amazing. And let's not forget, Tua almost threw the entire game away by throwing straight to Matt Milano. And that, that should have been a pick six as well. People sort of tend to forget that. So I thought both quarterbacks were, were excellent. 
I just thought people were like criticizing Alan and he was choking. He was like, I don't, I generally don't know what game people are watching. I just think people just think it's just drop back and throw, drop back and throw. They don't understand route concepts and scheme and pressure and the ability to move around in the pocket and buy that extra split second of time or to step up or to, to have so much physical strength that you could just hold off defenders or you can get the ball out while defenders are on you. Yeah, he threw a couple of interceptable passes. You know, Van Ginkle probably should have had one. Javon had his hand on on the ball. Jalen Phillips was, you know, that's a tough one for Jalen Phillips, but, you know, stretching and, but come on, guy. I mean, you know, we're either watching through the biggest pair of Elton John rose tinted glasses ever, or we just don't know what we're looking at. I, I thought he was brilliant. He was absolutely brilliant. He's such a joy to watch. They're a really good team as well. Absolutely. No, they're absolutely great. And uh, and on the Dolphin offense, and trust me, we're going to concentrate more on the Dolphin defense because there, there was just heroic yeah. stuff happening out there. But as far as the Dolphin offense, man, and I've been I've been on this for you know for a little while here on Twitter trying to explain basic math. When you have 35 actual offensive snaps and score 21 points, that's a highly productive offense. Mm. Okay. And you can look at it any way you want. All right. But look at what they produced on offense. We're talking about one, and I'm counting them right now one, two, three, four, that one that ended at the, at the half, five, six, six actual drives. Three touchdowns. Do we take that every single week for the rest of the time? Yeah, and I, and I think it, uh, the the point that that people say, would you be happy if two or three for four thousand five hundred yards and forty <laughs> touchdowns and ten interceptions? And you're like, uh, and people say that that would mean he has a great season. And you're just like, well, it doesn't really work like that, you know, because he could throw, you know, what if he ha- what if he threw for five thousand nine hundred yards but sixty interceptions? That doesn't mean to say he's had a great season. <laughs> so to throw for what one hundred eighty six but thirteen of eighteen, I thought he was really good with the ball. You know, uh, his first throw of the game up the sideline to Alec in- Alec Ingold was couldn't have been placed any better. One of the throws of the day. Yeah, um, I was disappointed the- with Alec Ingold on that one. Like, come yeah, on, man, catch that. He's got to catch that. He's got to catch that. He had the brain fart throw that we already talked about to Matt Milano. That you know, he's got to eliminate those bad throws out of it. But generally, I thought he was really good with the ball. You know, the, the play that he got injured on was a really good play. He hit Waddle a couple of times, you know, in the short to intermediate area, and Jalen did a lot. The the deep throw down the middle was absolutely, you know, to be fair, I mean, that was a great play, actually. You know, that what I love about McDaniel is that third and 22, he's, you know, we're, we're not running screens. We're not trying to, you know, he's he's not afraid to go for it on, thir- on long, third and longs. And I, I love that. You know, the Bills were... Bills were playing Tampa two, and it was just a. It was clearly a shot play right from the get go. It was just a great concept, like mirrored corners that they were playing. And I just thought Waddle ran that kind of little seven up route where it looks like he's going to run like a seven route, and then he just, you know, an up or a go route, high low concept against cover two, and. If you look at it, you see Trent Sherfield sort of ties up the middle of the field because he ties up Tremaine Edmonds, and you got Tyreek tying up. Uh, Demar Hamlin sort of down the left sideline. So seven man protection, shot play. If it's there, it's there. If it's not, you know, you've got guys underneath. You, you probably go to Sherfield. You could have hit Tyreek probably. But I just thought that was just a great throw. Great, great throw. Great route by Waddle. Great ball placement by Tua. But what I love as well out of McDaniel is just like so many wrinkles off of the same alignment. Do you know what I mean? That, that, you know, and it makes it so tough to defend. They just run so many different little design tweaks every single game off of the same sorts of concepts. And you just look at it and you're just like, this team is just like, what they're doing is so, so good. The design is so good of the offense. It's just, I don't know. He's he's a fucking little genius. Have you seen that? Have you seen that clip of, um? have you seen that clip of, Pat McAfee, where he says something about, have you seen that little dweeb down in Miami, that little geeky, or the little nerd, that little nerd down in Miami. The smokes more, the smokes more weed than yeah. I do. Yeah, that's it. He smokes more weed than I do, but he might be something special. But I just don't think you could design anything better with the guys he's working with. Like the way he mixes and matchings personnel, personnel groupings is amazing. You know, that, that whole menu of offense is available to them from everything they had, they put big bodies on the field and spread it out. They run condensed and, you know, thump the run from slender sets. They play, you know, 
the three and four groupings on one side. They 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 move the tight end. I mean, they do classic kind of um, they do classic um, what the what the 49ers do in terms of motioning the tight end into the alignment and then either, um, you know, getting him to run out into the flat out of that motion or getting him to turn around and run out the other way. I mean, it's just like, it feels like every, it doesn't feel like in the three games that the, the, the offensive scheme has been the same. Do you know what I mean? It's, it feels yeah, like it's, it's been completely different, different every time. It's almost like in, he's almost taking an offensive scheme for an individual matchup rather than selecting his best plays that he hopes might beat a team week in and week out, which might be the same. It feels like every single week, every single game is being designed specifically for that. It's like a whole new set of the playbook. Like, you know, last yesterday, we saw Tyreek Hill in the backfield for the first time. We hadn't seen that at all. Like, in the first game against the Patriots, we we ran five or did six times. By the way, now that you mentioned Tyreek Hill in the backfield, did you remember the the the, the first time out? And this is key. I always when I watch a football game, I watch this because especially when I know that this is going to be a game that's going to go right down to the wire. I watch timeouts, and I watch timeouts the same way that I watch timeouts in a basketball game because in basketball, usually if you have a timeout advantage in the last two minutes of the game, you go a long way toward winning because you get to call timeout, you get to drop a new play. Uh, you understand how the how the game works. Yeah. Well, in this game, I was watching the timeouts. Did you see the Bills waste a timeout when the Dolphins rolled out there in what was 11 personnel and they put Tyreek Hill in the backfield yeah. with Tua? And the Bills just started looking at that like, wait a minute, we're not ready for this timeout. But Hill, Hill so the, the Craycraft touchdown came from, or maybe, was it the Craycraft touchdown came from Hill being in the backfield? Yeah. Um, and that's not something we'd seen the previous two weeks. Where where have the, um, where have the motions, the CFL motions with um, Cedric Wilson gone? Do you know what I mean? We, we ran five, six, seven of those in the first week against the Patriots. We haven't seen them since. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And, well, and although, also, although, to be fair, Cedric Wilson, uh, his ribs were dancing inside sure, of his... Uh, sure, but somebody else, could, somebody else could run those motions. My, yeah. my point being that, that, that they're just mixing up what they're doing with the alignments, which I think is fascinating, or, or they're just they're just the little design tweaks off of the same, you know, what looks like the same thing, so that the, the teams are expecting something and they're getting something different because of the way that it's just been tweaked and it's working perfectly into two hands. I thought again, like I thought, you know, he was solid week one. I thought it was outstanding week two. And I thought it was really good yesterday, you know? So it's, you know, it's arrow up, arrow, arrow, arrow up. I, yeah, the concern is the concern, slight concern for me, and we'll get to it in the show later in the week. The concern for me is look, what is the issue with the the concussion, the back? What is the the thing with that? And I, and I'll tell you why. People were like going at me on Twitter yesterday, saying you weren't, you're not a doctor, you weren't anything. And that's absolutely fine. I'm not a doctor at all. Um, but there were lots of people who were doctors messaging me. And watch it back, okay? When he hits the floor, he clearly hits the floor, and his his head, he clearly hits his head. Right when he's on the floor, he puts his hands to his head first of all, before he gets up, right? When he gets up, he then shakes his head as if to shake away the cobwebs, like as if to say, you know, when like a dog gets up off the floor, it's like, he kind of does that sort of thing, right? Then he wobbles like really badly. I remember Rock Preston of the Florida State running back years ago when they were playing Florida. Mm. Rock Preston got absolutely rocked and ran towards the sideline and just sort of fell over. And it was awful to watch. And it was the same thing. And then he got held up, right? By, by two offensive linemen, goes off the field, Right. When you're in the press box, and I, 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 I you know, understand 99% of people listening have never been in, a, in, in an NFL or a sports press box. But what happens is that when a player goes into the tunnel, if he goes into the locker room, he goes to the sideline, information is passed out via the the the, um, the press officers. And there's a, one specifically designed or designated each game to look after um, those sorts of things. Some uh, The information is then piped through the loudspeakers in the press box that will say something like, you know, Cedric Wilson, ribs, questionable to return and that mm -hmm. will go over and, and when you're watching a game on twitter for those of you that, that don't have never been in press boxes when you see adam beasley and omar kelly and dave hyde and joe shad and david ferrones and you know everybody else uh daniel oyafusi all tweeting at the same time cedric wilson's questionable to return with with a rib injury that's because there's literally been that announcement over the loudspeaker in the press box that says cedric wilson ribs questionable to return and that's exactly how it happens. So what would have happened yesterday in the press box was this. Tua Tungavailoa, questionable to return, head injury. And that is the critical factor, right? Because every single one of those journalists tweeted out, 
questionable to return head injury, not back injury, head injury. And maybe they piped through the wrong information, okay? Very unlikely, but maybe they did. If they piped through the wrong information, why was the Miami Dolphins' official Twitter account tweeting out, Tua is questionable to return with a head injury? Okay, that's what makes it a really interesting gray area. Yes, there'll be an independent neuroscientist, um, but I, that, that's clearly why the NFLPA are uh, investigating what, what happened, because why would you say that he's got a head injury and with all the clear signs of head trauma and then just put it back in it? Now, he, he didn't seem to show any sign of any issue, and it, literally the first play comes out in the first half, he hits Waddle over the middle with a, with a great throw. The concern for me is if he does have a concussion or he has concussion symptoms, those are not going to tend to pick up until tomorrow or a bit today, tomorrow and Wednesday. And we've got a game on Thursday. And God knows, he might, you know, Tua might have gone to the locker room and seen those three fucking throws that Teddy Bridgewater had and thought, Jesus Christ, I need to get back out there, concussion or not. So, you know. By the way, I'll give you a little insight. I'll give you a little insight on this, okay? Because it it was relayed this morning by Joe Rose. Uh, You know, Joe Rose is uh, the analyst for the team on radio. And he says that, yeah, it came up over the the, the speaker. Yeah, Tua Tungvaloa is is questionable to return with a head injury. And then Kim Bocamper calls up to the booth and says, they're saying questionable, but I'm watching Tua with his helmet on throwing in the tunnel, warming up. Like right before the half. So he was like, it looks like he's going into the game. And sure enough, then all of a sudden became from questionable to, oh, yeah, he's going in the game. And yeah, by the way, Teddy Bridgewater, man, that series, woof. That, that was a roller coaster, man. Ugly. <laughs> that, that, that screen to Tyreek. And, and what's funny is that I called it. Problem is that the Bills also called it and they almost returned it for a touchdown. Yeah. But I was thinking, you know what? Have, have him throw, throw some, some screens to Tyreek and Waddle. And let's just, you know, let's get a little conservative here with, with Teddy. Sure enough, that that's green. Woof. I mean, I thought the Bills did a great job of keeping Miami off the field, as I talked about before. 39 plays we ran, which is the fewest by any team since 2018. Do you know what team that was? The Dolphins. The Dolphins. Week three, 2018. Same as week three, 2022. It was the, the, the least offensive plays by a team. But it was efficient offense, moving the ball up and down the field, mistake-free. I thought the bat. I mean... Credit Matt Milano. Matt Milano made two amazing tackles on Raheem Mostert that he would have, you know, there was a lot of a lot of room to run. And also, credit Matt Applebaum as well. That offensive line is playing like a cogent mid-table in terms of talent unit. You know, they're not the worst offensive line in the league by any stretch of the imagination. But Greg Little handled Von Miller almost exclusively perfectly. You know, there was the one spin move. I mean, apart from that spin move, I didn't hear Von Miller's name Hard well, I got I got your numbers for it for you. I'm Von Miller. Zero sacks, zero tackles, zero tackles for loss, one hurry. Yeah, there you go. I okay. mean, and he Tor- wasn't on Toronto Armstead Tor- Tor- the whole time. Toronto Tor- Tor- Armstead, man, wow, mate, he's an absolute stallion. What a he's signing! Man. But I thought I thought Hunt played well. Connor Williams, mate. I mean, you were looking at a a, a Pro Bowl type. He's already turning in a Pro Bowl type season at center. Yes. He is playing really well. If he can get those snap high snaps sorted out. Um, he uh, and they seem to happen early in the game as well, a bit of adrenaline running through his body or whatever. But he is absolutely superb in terms of his two step quickness and it being able to bring his hips through contact, turn and wall off. You see it all the time. He, he's done an amazing job of that. I thought Eichenberg played all right as well. There were just no breakdowns. Um, and yeah, I thought offensively it was a really solid performance. And look, Tyreek had what four for 33. Yeah, yeah. We, we beat two the best for team 33. Two for okay. 33. Who who would have said that coming into this game that if Tyreek Hill is going to catch two for thirty three, but the Dolphins are going to win, you'd be like, get the fuck out of town, no way. <laughs> yeah, not against Buffalo. Like against Buffalo, you would expect that. Okay, uh, we need two one hundred yard receivers against against the special Bears. teams units were great yesterday as well. Bethel made the great. Um, what a signing that was! Oh, that was a savvy, yeah. savvy signing. He's one of the best special teams players in the NFL. He, yeah. He's always been. Yeah, you know. Which and makes you think, like, what the stuff. hell are they doing in New England? Like, yeah, I mean, like, no, what I mean, are they doing? Not, yeah, that's another. I mean, they've got to go to Green Bay with Brian Hoyer at quarterback on Sunday. That should be an adventure. Because yeah, by the way, let, let's give let's give a let's give about five seconds worth of flowers. Devontae Parker went nuts yesterday. Uh, Six catches, one fifty six. About time. Jaden Phillips is the guy on the Dolphins that's disappointing me a little bit. You know, I know we've talked to him about him for a couple of weeks now. It's just you know. 
you look at the, he is so close he is yeah. so close but like there's a difference between so close and you've got to get home yes you've got to get home and you know he was playing david Cressenberry as well he's not playing you know he's not playing david Bakhtiari or do you know what i mean this is yeah i, I was a bit concerned i'm a bit concerned about phillips sort of you know, I thought he was going to come on gangbusters this season, but just a, a raft of missed tackles yesterday. And, do you know, I'm just almost like he, he could change his first name from Jalen to almost based on how, <laughs> yes. it, how it was yesterday, you know. Um, hey, but you know what? You know who he's reminding me of? Not that they're the same guy because, uh, you know, Jalen Phillips is a much better physical specimen and a much better athlete. But do you remember Olivier Vernon when he started with the yeah. Dolphins? He was Mr. Almost. And then all of a sudden he yeah. just blew up. Remember? Yeah. yeah, the other guy as well that's but that's worth mentioning as well is Kada Kohu. Oh uh, my God, what what up? You know when I knew Kada Kohu, you know he's he's had a great season so far for an undrafted free agent. He's being trusted with a lot. He's but you know when I knew that long. when I knew okay, this guy's for real and this guy's gonna be here for a while. Uh, Josh Allen, all six five, two hundred and forty pounds of him ran outside mm, and tried to stiff arm Kader Kohu, and Kader Kohu yeah. had none of it and actually made the tackle. And I, I, need and I, to watch like, the, um, I need to watch the All-22 and see how um, Isaiah McKenzie got so open um, so many times. And I don't know who he was on and whether or not he was just moved about the formation or they made use of sort of some some cover two shell or whatever it was. But um, And the, the, the touchdown to McKenzie was an absolute disgrace. The coverage was horrendous. Um, mm. and, and Kohu was on it on um Mackenzie there, and I think that was a rookie mistake because inexplic- inexplicably, I thought Kohu had to think that he was getting drop off safety help from that cover zero look. And what happened was that everybody blitzed, and Kohu doesn't even like none of the none of the DBs really bothered to to chase across the field laterally as all three Diggs, Mackenzie, and Davis all take in cuts left and run across in front of Josh Allen's face from from left to right and nobody really goes with anybody and i think they must have thought that that holland Rowe, and and jones were going to drop off and they just didn't and so i think that was a breakdown in communication but given that they were on the field for 90 plays there were very few of those melvin ingram uh, the, melvin ingram on the final play of the game yeah almost i wanted to Josh talk to you Allen. about that i was going to mention that unbelievable and, and, almost and, sacks him is down on his knees <laughs> and then all of a sudden he's the guy that makes the tackle on mckenzie on the sideline and then and then he just throws himself it was it, the whole sequence all 10 seconds of it is just it, it's 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 it, it was a work of art really I mean, he I comes in it. on an inside move almost gets the sack that wins the game by the way because i'm sorry uh from there they just had to throw it into the end zone from there okay because you're not going to try a 70 yard field goal if he gets that sack okay so he almost gets the sack then he falls down then he gets up and he makes the tackle like 15 yards away near the sideline. Like he almost teleported from the pocket to the sideline. And then yeah. if you watch him, he makes the tackle and then he just says, fuck it. And just throws himself on his back. I didn't see the highlights. I didn't see it until the highlights on Football Night in America when Maria Taylor was talking through it. And I was like suddenly thinking, fucking hell, that's Melvin Ingram. Like, <laughs> yes. was the two of them out there? I, he was great yesterday. I thought the front, I thought Sealer played really well. I thought Phillips, he obviously played well, Jordan. He's just not getting home. I was being a bit hard on him. He's not getting home. He's not perhaps, it's not quite clicking. Ingram played well. Sealer played well. Christian Wilkins is excellent. Uh, what I thought the Bills did a really good job on. And again, this goes back to the point that I made earlier on when people were saying about Josh Allen not playing very well and whatever. I thought the way that they constructed their game plan was really, really good in that they took advantage of the Dolphins on the second level. There was so much second level action in terms of completions, in terms of where they moved the ball to. It wasn't challenging the corners. It wasn't challenging the safeties. But what it was, was when the Dolphins rushed four and they dropped Roberts off and they dropped Baker off or they dropped um, Duke Riley off, they were just getting the completions and plays underneath, picking up six, seven yards into second down, maybe convert and you move the chains again or it's third and one hand the ball off, convert, or it's fourth and one, and they convert, and, and then three three more plays. And that's not what they were doing over and over again. And I think they were really making, taking advantage of um, of those second-level defenders. And and there were lots of people saying, why isn't Channing Tindall playing? Why isn't... And I think you've got to pump the brakes on these, these sorts of things, right? There's a reason why Roberts is on the field, right? It's because of his ability to run down defender. It's his ability as a leader. He gets everybody lined up. He understands where people are. There's a reason Duke Riley plays, 
you know, and there's a reason Channing Tindall isn't playing. This guy barely played at Georgia. You know, he barely started. He should still be in college. He was only a junior. He'd be a senior now. There's a reason he's not spying. Arguably, the best quarterback in the NFL at the moment. You know. Yeah, and and I and I think and I think fans are incredibly unfair to Jerome Baker. That hit he oh. made on the goal line to to look. Jerome Baker weighs about 225 pounds. Yeah. He's hitting a guy that weighs about 240. I he mean, sent him back. I I don't mean this to sound as critical as it's clearly going to sound, but ball watchers do not understand players like Byron Jones, Eric Rowe, and Jerome Baker. Baker is a really good player. Baker's a really good player. He's an every-down linebacker. I mean, I think John, Javon Holland played all 90 plays yesterday, but I think Baker played 88 or something ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Um, he can cover. He can blitz. He can run sideline to sideline. Same as Eric Rowe. Eric Rowe's a real... Like, how much did we hear from Dawson Knox yesterday? Why? Eric Rowe absolutely shut him down. Mm-hmm. Same with Byron Jones. People are like, Byron Jones is terrible. It's like... If the quarterback drops back to throw 45 times and Byron Jones gives up two completions, what's happening on the other 43 times? Byron Jones is absolutely locking people down. That's what's happening on the other players. So I, I, I do think, like, and there were people like saying, tweeting like, sack Josh Boyer now. Get, it's like, what game are you watching? Like, what <laughs> yeah. world are you watching? What Who I love about Josh against? Boyer, and he's done it two weeks in a row. Two weeks in a row, he's taken his game plan and thrown it in in the waste bin yeah. by by the middle of the second quarter and said, "All right, enough of this crap." It's like he, he decided I, I, to go with those zero looks against the against the Bills and Josh Allen. You can't blitz Josh Allen if you're going to blitz him. Send five. I know. But you I'm can't send six or tweet, seven. He's going to beat you. I know. I'm seeing dudes tweet this. Give up on this Ben, but don't break defense. It's like what what defense would you like, lads? <laughs> like what defense? Who do you think you're playing against? This is not some high school team that's just going to come in and have their belly rubbed. This is the Buffalo Bills. You just put up 41 points in three quarters or in two and a half quarters, really, on the number one seed from the AFC last year, Tennessee, the other night. I mean, they pulled everybody with about seven minutes to go in the third quarter because it was an absolute arse whipping. This is the team that marched across country and took the Super Bowl champions and and tore them apart by 21. Like, Mm -hmm. what world are we living in, lads? I mean, seriously, what world are we living in? Yeah, if you're not excited about this Dolphin defense after that game yesterday, then you can't get excited. I have a concern about the Dolphins' defense, which I will raise in the episode before the Bengals game. But all right, all right. Well, this is going to be all in one one episode. All right, so we're just going to run right through right here. But we're going to end this part by giving our three stars, and I'll go first. All right. Look, Xavier Howard. I called him out last game. I said, "Look, this is where you you earn your money." Okay, Stephon Diggs is tearing apart the league. Um, he actually leads the league now. Okay, so he, by two yards over Jalen Waddle and by fifteen yards over Tyreek Hill, which means that Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle are lacking. All right, so they they got to pick it up. All right, don't let Stephon Diggs get away, get too far away from you. But Stephon Diggs seven catches for seventy four yards on eleven targets. That's a non factor. That's a non factor for what he is. A- Xavier Howard, all you know, all the flowers you can give to Xavier Howard, he deserves it. He was asked to shut down Stephon Diggs, and that's pretty much shutting down Stephon Diggs. My second star, Javon Holland. That was as good a game as he's ever played, and he was spectacular. Had he gotten that interception, he probably would be Defensive Player of the Week in the NFL. But, you know, he got both hands on it, man. I, I thought he he broke on that ball beautifully. He should have had that one. And it could have been a different game if he has that one because the Bills scored a touchdown on that drive. And my third star, Tua Valoa. that's efficient, okay? 10 yards per attempt, only 18 attempts, but you quarterback the team to a, a 123 passer rating and three touchdowns on essentially six drives. Yeah, that's – that's in, in my book, that's high-powered because the average in the NFL is nine drives. If you're scoring on half of your drives, guess what? You're averaging over 30 points a game. And their pace yesterday, and I know people don't like to talk about game score or whatever, but yards per play on an average, had they had the output that the Bills had, they would have scored 54 points. 54 points. So highly efficient offense, and that starts with the quarterback. So Tua is my third star. You're three stars, Simon. Uh, Thomas Morstead, I just thought, in terms of just doing what you have to do, in terms of pinning the ball deep, in terms of making – you know, that Bills offense have to work all the way up and down the field. You couldn't ask for any more than what he did. I thought he was outstanding as a punter. And like you say, he may have saved the game with that punt after the safety. I know 
you know, he's having to punt from five yards less and Sherfield, he punts it into Sherfield's ass. But that's, you know, Melvin Ingram, I just thought, you know, what a phenomenal pickup. You know, two sacks, load of pressures, load of big tackles in the run game, recovered fumble. He's been everything and more that we could ever have asked for. I think Ingram's been superb. You mentioned Holland. I thought he was great. So I'm going to go with Jalen Waddle, who I just thought had another great game. His route running is is outstanding. Yes, he he's not the elite hands catcher. Yeah, he does let a couple of balls go through his hands. And he has done, did last year, has done this year already. Mm. But his route running ability, the way he uses his head and his shoulders, at such speed without ever slowing down. And and I think what I liked most of all about Waddle is that when he was at Alabama, I think I thought that he was probably the worst of the three. Worst, in inverted commas. Not the best of the three <laughs> out of Judy, Smith and him. And actually, he's probably the best. I mean, Devontae's really, you know, coming on. Jerry, Judy's falling apart the seams, but... Smith had a great game yesterday, but Waddle is just, he's ridiculous because he can beat you deep. He can beat you short. He can work across the middle. He can run jet sweeps. You can probably line him up out in the backfield and, and pitch it to him. Um, yeah, he's, um, I, I thought Waddle was just outstanding. And in a game where Tyreek Hill catches two for 33, you need somebody to step up and he stepped up massively. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Uh, when we come back, we will talk Bengals Thursday night football on the road on, and on a streaming service, which I think is going to piss off all kinds of people on thursday but first a word from liquid death this show is brought to you by liquid death what a great logo right looks like a tall boy beer can liquid death is actually mountain spring water from the alps available in still sparkling and these flavors severed lime mango chainsaw and my favorite buried alive i actually bought another 12 yesterday buried alive is my favorite and my new go-to day drink it's no longer a secret this is the most underrated thirst quencher in the market buy it today Liquid Death kills your thirst, and the infinitely recyclable cans are environmentally friendly. Liquid Death also donates 10% of the profits from every can sold to help kill plastic pollution. Go get Liquid Death at your local Publix, the Fresh Market, or Whole Foods Market, or find a Liquid Death retailer near you with their store locator tool at liquiddeath.com slash three. That's our dedicated website, by the way. T-H-R-E-E, liquiddeath.com slash three. Three, follow Liquid Death on social media, on Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, and Twitter. Use the hashtag, hashtag MurderYourThirst, and hashtag DeathToPlastic, Liquid Death. And we're back. Simon, they're playing on this thing called Amazon. Uh, how are you going to watch the game on Thursday, by the way? You uh, watch see, it on Amazon. Well, I watch it on Sky, which is the... the broadcaster over here that does um that does the nfl coverage and they just take the the feed so i i just get a, i don't have to go through amazon prime to watch it i just watch it through sky because they'll just take the feed that part of their con their, their contractually sent the feed so i will get it significantly quicker and probably in significantly better quality than most of you guys in the states um so yeah, join us on OnlyFans because uh, I will be there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now, yeah. Uh, this is this is going to be a very weird start to the preview portion of this uh, this episode, but I want to talk about this because I find this just odd. They're forcing people to pay to watch a game that should be free to the entire nation. It's a national football game. It's a national game. They sh it should be on free TV. They're forcing people to pay $10 a month to watch this. Uh I find it odd that nobody's making a stink about this. Of course, it's Amazon. It's the biggest corporation on the planet, probably. So I guess yeah, I mean, they, they, they told well, everybody, just shut up, take our money, and, and you know, grin and bear it. They're paying $1 billion a year for 11 years, so I don't think there's many people at the NFL or the uh, owners who are going to complain about it. So Yeah, but it's just odd. What they are going to do locally is that there's going to be a simulcast on, I believe, Channel 39 locally, which a lot of people don't get. It's going to be hard to get, but hey, go 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 give Jeff Bezos 10 bucks, man, and, and, and watch this game. Okay, I'll start here with this, this Bengals game. They look much better against the Jets, but it was the Jets, all right? Uh, they've given up the most sacks in the NFL so far. Bengals don't look right to me, but what does look right to me are those two wide receivers and that quarterback, and that's going to be that's going to be the matchup, really. If they could get to Joe Burrow, they could actually pull this off. But in my opinion, after playing this game, I think a Thursday night game on the road on a short week is just inherently unfair. 
You know, it's, it's inherently unfair, especially when you're playing a good opponent. I do expect this to be a good game, though. Uh, mm. What are your overall thoughts as far as this game? What it's I, see the be Beng- like? I see the Bengals have opened up as favorites. Mm-hmm. Three-point favorites. Yeah. At, at home on a Thursday night, they should be. Oh, it's yeah. it's the biggest advantage scheduling wise in the NFL. Yeah. Traditionally, it's been that way, you know. Yeah, I just um, yeah. I mean, my my thoughts this, and I, and I said it before the break, but my concern is that defensively, you are now going against Joe Mixon, T. Higgins, Jamar Chase, uh, Joe Burrow, uh, with a defense that just played ninety snaps in hundred and seven degree weather. That's a mm-hmm. concern. That is a concern, and you're on a short week, and you're on the road. Um, that the the role of the uh, physical staff in terms of the the trainers and those sorts of things and getting these guys um, fluids and getting them massages and getting them right physically uh, and mentally, I think is going to be absolutely huge. Um, and you could see a clunking letdown on Thursday night, which would be a shame. Um, but uh, but yeah, I, I mean, the, the good thing is that. The Dolphins' offense only played thirty-nine plays. Yes. So if the Dolphins can ball control it and give their, you know, essentially do what the Bills did and control the clock on the road, establish that run game, you know, that's um that would be a huge bonus because yes, defense tired, you know, a lot of running around, ninety plays, all that weather, all that sort of thing. But if they can just get the ball and control it and long drives, move the ball up and down the field, which is kind of not what we do. You know, it's quick drives, speed, all that sort of stuff, because you don't want the defense going out having to play, you know, a lot of time out chasing around Jamar Chase and chasing around Joe Mixon because, you know, they're good players. Yeah, absolutely. But it's, you know, they've asked each, they've asked a certain unit each week a little extra. There's one unit that I think has has been lacking all year, and they're going to need it to win this game on Thursday because I have no doubt. Uh, on on our quarterback, Tua Tungavalo is the type you just show him the uh, look. The worst thing you could do to Tua Tungavalo is show him uh, Zach Wilson or Joe Flacco on the other sideline. All right, but you show him Josh Allen or Joe Burrow or Lamar Jackson, he seems to have a little extra juice. You've noticed that, right? Yeah, absolutely. No, absolutely. But I and if you it... don't think if you don't think that he is. Like I'm pretty sure right now he's getting a massage and he's just thinking about you know I I I want to pl- I'll play Joe Burrow so bad. Yeah, of course, and win on national television. He, yes. I'm sure to you know for all the the you know he doesn't and the narrative has gone away you know significantly from what it was three weeks ago, right? Yes. And even after that New England game, you know, rightly or wrongly, the narrative has gone away. But you know, this is another opportunity for this team to go four and zero, right? Because the Bengals they have a rock star at quarterback, they have great weapons. But this is not an offense with much of an identity, in in my opinion. And you only have to watch, you know, I put Zach Taylor in that dustbin alongside Cliff Kingsbury and Brandon Staley as terrible head coaches. Way too much hero ball for Burrow. Um, and by hero ball, what I mean is, you know, go back to the last 18 months of the Mike McCarthy era in Green Bay and Aaron Rodgers mm-hmm. sort of almost been forced to do everything on his own and, and then doing everything on his own, whether he was forced to or not. And that's hero ball, right? You know, it's they don't have manufactured completions through scheme. There's no misdirection. They're, you know, they call the same run plays out the same formation. Zach Taylor's not a very good play caller. He's not a very good head coach. Um, they they beat the Jets, and it wasn't you know, but it's the Jets. You know, it's I don't think the offense is very good. I think like Lyle Collins has been absolutely abysmal at right tackle, like abysmal. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I just yeah, I, I think um, it's a shame that we had such a tough game and they had such an easy game. Um, because that's, uh, you know, I, that game I was in think... doubt early. That game was in doubt early. It wasn't, you know, it yeah, wasn't but midway through, midway late through the third quarter, they were, yeah. you know, I mean, they are doing better at varying their play calls. And I think Taylor has done some work in the last couple of weeks and, um, you know, and they're hiding some of their run, some of their pass plays out of, out of conventional run formations. Um, but I don't know. I, I think it's a, this is a massive opportunity for the Dolphins to go and make a big statement. Yeah, there was a time when we were doing this show in in August, and we were talking about, you know what, one and three could be in in play here. You know, I I, I always stood to by you know by my guns on that first game against New England. I didn't I didn't think New England had a shot in hell at beating Miami to open the season, but some people were talking about one and three and two and two. You got to take you got to take two and two. And in fact, if you give me two and two, you you just got to take it. Well, now is time to get greedy because the best teams get greedy and go 4-0 and 
it's going to be a tall task. I really do believe it's going to be a, a tall task because of that short turnaround. But think about it. They could get this one. They get to rest. And what if I told you, Simon, that let's say they get this one, right? And they go 4-0. Of their next eight games, they're favored in seven of them. So there is a planet out there named Earth where if the Dolphins go 4-0, they could conceivably be 11-1 and if they just win the games that they're favored in. Think about that. Yeah. I mean, you look at the games. Should beat the Jets. I mean, lots can happen. Injuries, all those sorts of things. Should beat the Jets. Vikings on the road will be a tough game. Yes. Vikings are pretty good at home. You know, that's a tough game. Steelers away. Again, it's a tough game, but you kind of... No, the Steelers game is here in Miami on a oh, Sunday night. Yes. Oh, of course it is. Yes, sorry. And, and it's going to be the 50-year the fifty year, uh, celebration night. So they're going to wear the throwbacks and they're going to dress up the stadium like like it was 1972. I'm looking at this in the wrong order. Then. So we go to the Jets. I, I still think we beat that. We, we've got the Vikings and the Steelers at home. I think you probably win out in both those games. Travel to the Lions. I mean, that Lions one's a tough one. The Lions, that's a tough, that's one, a tough one. Team. Yeah. Travel they're, to they're, the Bears again. I think you beat the Bears. The interesting game for me is the, is the Browns. And that the Browns... Uh, Nobody wants to talk about it because the fan base is sucks and the Watson thing and whatever. But that 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 offense is absolutely loaded. Watson first game back, so you hope he's going to be a bit rusty. You get the Texans. Yeah, but the hope is, and I don't think it's you're hoping too much, is that Jacoby Brissett throws you a couple. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, well, Brissett, is, Brissett won't be playing, will he? Will he yeah, he, he's playing. He's playing. By the, uh, Watson returns the week after. Oh, does he? I thought he returned. Oh, no, you're right. He does return yeah. the week after. Yeah, so, but then Brissett might have a point to prove, whatever. And then you run into that difficult, you know, you play the Texans, but then you run into a difficult, you know, on the road at the 49ers, on the road at the Chargers, on the road at the Bills. You know, that's three big games on the road. And then you come home and, oh, yeah, it's Christmas Day and you've got the Green Bay Packers. Do you know what I mean? And then on the road against the, against the Patriots. I think, you know, you want to essentially, you just want to set. I mean, the start, I thought the Dolphins would go one and three for the first four games, and they're three and oh already. Um, and you know, I mean, even if you lose to the Bengals, you say you beat the Jets, say you beat the Vikings, you beat the Steelers, what's that, seven and one? Yeah, Lions on the road, let's say you beat the eight and one, you beat the Bears nine and one, Browns ten and one, Dolph Texans eleven and one. You're almost in the playoffs at that point, and you've still got six games left, of which two of them. Patriots at home, Patriots on the road, Jet Dolph, uh, Jets at home. I mean, I know I'm speculating. Yes. You know, and lots of things can happen. And, you know, an injury, you really can't afford an injury to the quarterback, to the left tackle, to the, the starting cornerback, to the free safety. You can sort of overcome. Oh, and, uh, you know, the, the two out wide. You can sort of overcome any other injury pretty much. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? If if one of the guards goes down, it's a blow, but you you know it's okay. If if Ogba goes down, it's a blow, but you just mix in Ingram and Trey Flowers, and you know, but you know Hill goes down or or X goes down or you know then you know the quarterback goes down. We saw you know Bridgewater yesterday. You don't want that, but loads of things can happen. But looks mighty good at the moment. Yeah, and judging that game yesterday, uh, the Bengals and and the Jets, uh, Joe Burrow was solid, 23 out of 36, 275, 7.6 per attempt, three touchdowns. He was pretty good. He was sacked only twice. But you look on the other side, what the hell are the Jets doing? They threw it 52 times again with Joe Flacco. Like, they understand that this is Joe Flacco in 2022, right? This is not Joe Flacco in 10 years ago, you know? But they had some success running the ball with Brees Hall. You know, four point nine a carry on eight carries—that's not terrible. Exactly. You know. You've got Brees Hall in the back in the backfield. You know what's? I don't understand it. By the way, can we just go back to the Bills game just for one minute? Because there's something uh-huh. we've totally forgotten about, right? Uh-huh. Which is the Bills fans crying about the weather <laughs> is the most astonishing thing I've ever heard in my life. I'm seeing fucking people talk about, oh, it was too hot. It's unfair. We should call. The government, we should, it's too hot. And it's, is it not cold in Buffalo in like December? Does it not snow? Yeah, there was a game once, okay? Oddly enough, uh, Ricky Williams ran for like 260 yards in the game. But there was a game where Ricky Williams was in the locker room threatening to not play because it was so cold outside in Buffalo. 
like what what world are they in what what <laughs> world are they in and then there's like oh and they played our juvie team it's like yep i know poyer and, and hyde are missing and i know ed oliver and phillips are out right but we got byron jones out we got austin jackson out we got true williams out two have got hurt cedric wilson pretty much out xavian howard playing on a bum groin went out for a bit of the game like we had a lot of players that that you know also weren't playing yesterday the whole the whole narrative about you know tour went out on the list tour went out Waddle went out because he hurt his wrist and got a um and got uh winded arms is playing on a bum foot hunter long isn't playing seething carter isn't playing greg little broke his looked like he dislocated a finger rob hunt went out raekwon davis wasn't playing alandon roberts went out xavian went out byron jones isn't playing austin jackson isn't playing trill williams isn't playing we had some players out as well do you know what i mean it's just like yeah seriously like great fan base in terms of their support, but fuck me, the <laughs> amount of bitching about oh it was a little bit hot and we had to stand in the sunshine. Bring a fucking umbrella, lads. Like Bill Belichick can go swing for it, but at least they bring like a pop up thing and everybody gets under the shade. It's tough shit, lads. Yeah, look, the, the Patriots, uh, the Patriots week one, uh, of course, showed up here in Palm Beach on Tuesday, right? Uh, you know, preparing like if it was for a Super Bowl. But they had uh, mist machines and they had shade. They brought their own shade. Like they had a plan. All right. The Bills had mist machines. Like, you know, uh, my favorite were the tweets that were seriously talking about the Dolphins are putting people in dangerous work conditions. <laughs> Those were my favorite tweets where people, these were Bills fans talking about, yes, they should petition the league because this is cheating. You know, but, Unbelievable. you know, which is, you know, of course, you know, uh, the, having the sun out there, you know, is cheating, which is why I responded by, you know, Stephen Ross is going to build a dome over Highmark Stadium for the December game. So, by the way, how good have we been since Stephen Ross hasn't been turning up? Yeah, right. <laughs> just saying. <laughs> yeah, just saying, well, please, uh, yeah, don't come back. Yeah, just stay out there somewhere. You know, keep keep signing the checks, though. You know, we do appreciate that. All right. Keep signing the checks. Or you know what? Just do it early. Turn it over to your daughter early and have her show up at the games, you know? Mm. But, yeah, back to the the Bengals. The defending AFC champions, they have to be respected. Uh, yeah, it's it, – look, they – you know, let's let's be let's be real about this. You can't be impressed with a team that lost to Mitch Trubisky and Cooper Rush. Those are facts. Those are the two quarterbacks that they lost to. Miami, you could – look, I have my thing against Mac Jones, but Mac Jones is at least an average quarterback. They beat Mac Jones, Lamar Jackson, and Josh Allen. In my opinion, those last two that they beat, Lamar Jackson and Josh Allen, are the two top MVP candidates in the NFL right now. So, yeah, you just can't compare where they've gotten here, but you have to respect this team. They have a lot of talent. Uh, I'm really interested to see how they attack this team. Joe Mixon had 12 carries for 24 yards against the Jets. Um, At some point, they're going to have to establish the run game. Yeah, hopefully that's a bug. And that's where I want to get to with, with Miami. They've asked a different unit to do something different every single week and to carry them through. And Mike McDaniel's message after the game was pretty simple. He was like, you know, you look around, you say, who's going to make a play? And somebody always does. And that's a great that, that that's a great philosophy to have. I think it's time for that running game to do something. Yeah. Go put up 150 yards rushing. You know, I'm, I don't think we're asking too much. I think that's that's an, the average good game in the NFL. Put up 150 yards rushing. Keep that offense from the Bengals off the field. Keep our defense fresh. And if you got to win it ugly 23-20, to 20, that's fine by me because 4-0 is still 4-0, no matter how you get there. Uh, what say you? What unit has to show up on, on well, I was going to say Sunday, on Thursday? I think it's the, the running game. Got to show yeah. up, 150 yards. I think it's the defense, mate, unfortunately. You've got to, you know, they've got to play complementary football. They've got to keep the offense in it because they're playing a really good offense with a great quarterback, two great receivers. And a really good running back. So it's, I think mean, the defense is just going to have to step up and play big again. And whether they can on X's groin and the exhaustion and all those sorts of things remains to be seen. But, you know, maybe they'll be rotating a lot of defenders in the back end. But yeah, I think the defense has just got to be big. Yeah. The the great thing about Joe Burrow is, and, and this is, well, it's a bad thing for them, but it's a great thing for us is that he is nowhere near as strong as Josh Allen. If, if our guys hit him, he will go down. Now he's slippery in the pocket, like he can evade a little bit, and and he could make plays with his legs. Like that's 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 something you saw at LSU. That's something that has translated. 
but man, just you know, just roll out the same game that the, the Cowboys played, where they had seven sacks on the on on the Bengals, or the same game that the Steelers had with six sacks. You get after that quarterback, you hit Joe Burrow, man. That's going to go a long way to winning. But I still think, yeah, you got to get the running game. You got to get the running game going. Absolutely. All right. To close this out, we're going to talk a little NFL here because some odd things are are happening, and maybe the, this is expected. First of all, let's say let, let's let's get the truth out there. Urban Meyer might have been the worst coach in the history of the sport because this Jaguar team looks really, really, really good. Yeah, they and, do. and Trevor Lawrence looks every bit of yeah. what he's supposed to be. He looks great. He looks great. And Doug Peterson won a Super Bowl. He didn't you know won a yeah. Super Bowl for a reason. Um, you know, everybody wanted to say it was Frank Reich and everybody wanted to say it was this guy and that guy. And actually, I think Doug was, you know, they're getting some great mileage out of good young defenders. Devin Lloyd, the, the kid they stole at the back end of the first round, the linebacker at Utah. He has three picks and he's been playing big every week. And, you know, Trevor just looks like the real deal. And yeah, I mean, that's a big game this week. They 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 go to, to Philly and play the unbeaten Eagles. That's a really good mm-hmm. game. I mean, that's, you know, who wouldn't want to watch that? Mm-hmm. And, you know, we're going to do a little around the NFL here before we give our picks for this Thursday night game. Um, Eagles, are the Eagles the best team in the NFC? Yeah, I mean, I don't think the NFC is very good. But I, think I saw I think that. I saw oh. that Tampa Bay. I, I was excited to watch. You know, there's nothing better, Simon, and I'm pretty sure you agree, than the dolphin horse back in the barn with a win. And you sit down to watch mm-hmm. Tom Brady versus Aaron Rodgers with, you know, not a worry in the world. That was not fun to watch, man. (laughs) Not what I expected. Uh, Those two teams don't look great. Uh, Of course, it's a lot of injuries on the Tampa Bay side. But, yeah, they just, you know, and Aaron Rodgers is back to having no weapons again. So, I don't know. Are the Eagles the best team in the NFC? I, I think they are. Yeah, I think the Eagles, I think once the once the Buccaneers get healthy on the offensive line and they get Mike Evans back from the suspension and Godwin, they get them back, I, I think they'll be okay. I think Green Bay looked at times looked really good last night. I think they went away from the run a bit too soon, although then they started stacking the box. I thought Romeo Dubs played really well. Um, I think Green Bay will be an issue. But beyond that, it's just like I, I, I predicted the Lions would make the play. I thought if the Lions won yesterday, they'd manage to hold on. I, I think the Lions could be a wildcard team as well, but I don't think the um, – I don't think the NFC is very good. Uh, the 49ers, I thought, were awful in that game against the Broncos and deserved to lose, although the Broncos weren't much better. So, so yeah, I, I mean, you know, it's kind of a pick them, but there, there might be a surprise to the Carolina Panthers could be, uh, Panthers should be 3-0. Yes. Um, there could be a team that comes out of the pile that you're not really expecting. Maybe it is the Panthers. Yeah, and LaVisca Chenault, well, like, what was that? An yeah, I mean, he's inactive. Healthy scratch for the first two weeks, and then, you know, come on. <laughs> yeah, that plays one snap, 80 yards, touchdown. Yeah. Uh, moving on to, I guess we'll talk about the AFC West. It's a bad division now. All of a sudden, all, all the teams the are terrible. Worst division in the league, and we thought it was going to be the best one, and it's it's terrible. What the hell were the Chiefs doing yesterday? First of all, they're they're having fights on the sideline, and you could see why. Uh, Pat Mahomes, you could almost like lips, you could almost lip read what Pat Mahomes, and I'm pretty sure, I'm almost certain, one thousand percent that he did not say this, but it seemed like. Hey, you got uh, Tyreek Hill leaves town and you guys lose your balls mm. because well, how they played that first half, where Pat Mahomes had that blow up with uh, with Eric B. Enemy. I don't know if you saw it. Yeah, I did. Yeah, and and it's true. Uh, Mahomes is like, "What are we doing? We have 18 seconds here and about 20 yards to get. We could get another field goal." And they basically sat on the ball, and sure enough, they lose. They score 17 points. The Broncos, my God, do they look bad? And I don't necessarily think that it's Russell Wilson, you know, although he hasn't been great. I that I think they're hor- horrifically coached. <laughs> Nathaniel Hackett, like, Jesus Christ, that guy's not good. Yeah. All right? Then you move on, and then you have the Raiders. My God, do the Raiders look bad. Like, they got absolutely destroyed yesterday. And if it weren't for Ryan Tannehill, and that made me smile, because while Tua keeps making clutch play after clutch play, Ryan Tannehill's reminding me what we saw for here for, for seven years. Did you see him trying to throw that game away? That fumble yeah. inside of the 10 yard line? No, I like, you know, I like him. He's a good guy. Yes. And, you know, he's, he is what he is. And, but he's bad luck, man. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Tannehill's bad luck. But yeah, what do you make of that division? First of all, who the hell's coming out of that division? And what do you make? Are, is, are they going to salvage two playoff teams? 
No, I think the Chiefs are slow. I think the Raiders are just, I don't even know what the Raiders are. I think the Chargers are badly coached. Uh, the Broncos might be the team to pull it together because they've got a good running game and, I, and I'm putting down their inability more down to bad coaching and just a whole new system for the quarterback. Mm. Um, defense can play. They've got good corners, good linebackers, good edge pressure. Um, so, yeah, I, I think the Broncos might be the, emerge, the team that emerges. All right, before we make the picks, there's uh, power rankings coming out uh, all over the fruited plain, Simon. Some of them have... The Dolphins at number one. Where does this team rank? How good is this team? I mean, I don't care. It's week three. We could lose the next 13, 14 games. I, I genuinely don't care about power rankings. I think they're, I still think the bit, you know, if you'd put everybody healthy on a neutral field, I think the Bills would beat the Dolphins. I, I think that's, you know, I just think that that's, that's what it, that's my personal opinion. But I think the Dolphins are one of the five or six best teams in the league currently, unquestionably. Mm-hmm. And, and they, they deserve to win yesterday. But I, I, I think if you were to hold a Super Bowl where everybody was healthy and put it in wherever in Arizona or whatever, I think it can't, no, it can't be Arizona because it's too hot in Arizona. Okay, yeah, no, it's summer cold. Um, or a dome, you could put it in a dome. Why don't we do it in like bumfuck Georgia in like December and um, yeah, it's on, nice there, like nice a high school field there. Yeah, it'll be uh, like fifty degrees. It's been yeah, nice. exactly. No, but you know what I mean. I, I think I think they're one of the four or five best teams in the league. All right, let's pick this game. I think it's inherently unfair, and my my instincts tell me that they'll fall a little bit short on Thursday, but I keep coming back to this. Man, do you see Tua Tungvaloa being outplayed by Joe Burrow? I think he goes toe-to-toe, and I think we're going to have a thriller. But unfortunately, man, I, I think it's just a massive disadvantage. It's a massive dif- disadvantage to go on the road on a Thursday night on the road I say Tua and Joe Burrow play pretty well, and I think we get a thriller, but I think we lose by a field goal. I say make it 27-24 Bengals. Yeah, But I I do believe, and I will say this, I do believe the Dolphins have the better team. Dolphins have the better team, but Bengals get it on Thursday night. Your thoughts? I think the short week, the road trip, and the exhaustion from yesterday, I think the Bengals probably take it. I'm going to say 31. I'm going to say 38, 31 Cincinnati. All right. And that'll do it. And the next time that we talk to you, we're going to have a little room to talk about the first quarter of the season. Hopefully it went 4-0. If it's 4-0, whoa, we're going to start talking some heady stuff. But even 3-1, 3-1, they're in a good spot. But till then. Thanks for listening to Three Yards Per Caddy. You can subscribe via iTunes, on Podbean, or your usual podcast provider. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.